Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today marks the start of another brilliant mini-series. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that our four-part specials in partnership with key industry players are super popular. They give us the chance to take a closer look behind the scenes of supply chain's big names and really get into the meat of the big questions and challenges in logistics right now. And if you're a first-time listener, you've been missing out. But if you head over to Let's Talk Supply Chain slash podcast, it's all there for you to catch up on. So don't worry about that. Our latest mini series is in partnership with Fastenal. Over the next four episodes, our Not Just Nuts and Bolts series is going to take a closer look at Fastenal, their global reach, and the many different ways they serve the industry, their resilience and innovation in response to the COVID-19 crisis, and why they're putting a focus on the importance of data in bettering supply chains. Today in episode one, Innovation at Work, we'll be finding out exactly who Fastenal is, what they do, and how they've evolved to become a global company with a local focus who are much more than just nuts and bolts. So welcome to the show, Dan. Well, thank you, Sarah, and I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited that you're here too, because I can't wait to hear more. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and what is the one thing that would surprise people about Fastenal? So uh, who's Dan? Uh, I, uh, I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. My wife and I will celebrate 25 years of marriage later this month. We have four children, ages 15 to 23. And I am one member of the blue team. Um, our our name, if you will, for the FAST organization. I joined in 1996. I'm one of 21,000 employees, and next June I'll celebrate 25 years with FASTENAL. Wow, congratulations on both of those milestones. Thank you. Um, from the, the second part of your question about what would surprise us about FASTENAL, um, you know, here's what comes to mind for me. Um, we're a supply chain partner for our customers. I, I think our secret ingredient is agility and problem solving. But that's probably not what you're after for a surprising thing. Um, we, we fund our service model by operating as a distributor, which means we buy and sell products. Okay, not surprising yet. Our number one supplier is a company called Fastenal. And back <laughs> in 19, 1982, one, because we're a problem solver, if a customer needs something, our catalog, if you will, is the starting point. But if they need something that's not in there, we can't source it somewhere on the planet. We would get it made, but relying sometimes on machine shops, you couldn't make a promise and and commit to it as well. So we decided to start our own manufacturing division. Today, uh, um, if our covenant with our customer is we'll find it, we'll solve the problem. And, and if we can't find it and, and you have a drawing or can get us to part, we, we will machine it, we will make it. And so we have 400 pieces of equipment scattered across a uh, uh, half dozen facilities around the planet, most in North America. And we have in that is 200 CNC machines and we'll machine the part. I love that. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited to do this mini series with Fastenal because the more conversations I had with the team just revealed so much more about what you do. And so not only do you help others with their supply chains, but you also are your own customer in a variety of different ways. So before we dive in a little bit further on that, what exactly do you do at Fastenal, Dan? I'm the president and CEO, and which I define as I need, I'm a good I, I, I try to be a good listener. 
I, I try to hear where we're finding success. We operate a very decentralized organization. And where I hear it, I share the story. And I make sure we're investing in things that help our customer. Amazing. I love that. And to be a good leader, you need to be a good listener as well. So Fastenal has been around for 50 years now. Can you give us a quick summary of the company's history, how it came about, and how it's changed since then? Yeah. In 1967, Bob Curlin, who's a mechanical engineer by training, he convinced four friends to invest in a startup vending business. And their, their idea was to vend fasteners. Think of it as almost like a laundromat, but instead of going in to wash clothes, you're going in to buy a box of bolts. Nice. Uh, six months into their new venture, they realized that the market and perhaps the technology of the 1960s wasn't ready for what they wanted to do. And so they went with plan B, and that is create a service model, distribution business, the business we have today. 20 years later in 1987, uh, we had annual revenues of about 20 million. We had about 50 locations and just over 300 employees. We decided to go public and we went public for three reasons. One, we were growing like crazy and we needed, frankly, a capital infusion to help fund that growth. Our founders were very fiscally conservative and they didn't want to take on a lot of debt. Uh, the second was going public was a simple way for our employees to participate in ownership. Mm. And then the third one was it provided some liquidity for our founders. And our, our founders are very philanthropic. And there was a university closing in Winona, Minnesota at the time. And part of the proceeds went to buy the campus and they donated the campus buildings to the local high school. Wow. What an amazing story. I love it when you hear about things like that. And, you know, it's it's always amazing to hear the values of the founders and how it's come through in a variety of different ways as you've grown. And, you know, you talk a lot about how Fastenal has evolved so much and and it has so many different facets to its offering right now. You've even said, you know, that Fastenal has become so much more than than people realize or are I've even realized that in some of the conversations I've had with your team. So to all the people the people that think that you just sell product, what do you say to them? Tell us a little bit more about exactly who Fastenal are today and what you do. Yeah, and, and this might sound um, I don't know, somewhat hokey or a little fashion, but uh, our, our, our founder had, had a tremendous belief in people. And, and he was convinced that if you, you find great people and, and you ask them, you get them to pursue a common goal, you can accomplish great things. In the years that I've been in the role of CEO and president, for me, I boil it down to, we, we, find, we go out and we find great people. We ask them to join the organization and we work with that team every day to give them a reason to stay. And, our reasons are really about opportunity, freedom to operate, and, and, and mutual trust. And then what we ask of this great team is be willing to learn and change and mm. be really frugal. And the reason we're so frugal, it allows us to, to operate very close to our customer. So 75% of our employee base is within 10 minutes of our customer. And whereas most of our competitors are in a, in a location that is miles, if not, you know, hours away from a drive time perspective. And so there's a different type of engagement when you can walk through the facility. And we believe having that type of talent close to the customer, um, it allows us to provide our customer with a group of employees that are incredibly informed, incredibly agile, and can help them solve problems. And we think that's a special business. 
Well, and that's what supply chain and logistics is really all about. It's about solving problems. And so if you've got a partner in your supply chains that, you know, that's what they specialize in, um, I can only imagine the success that you can have. So what exactly does Fastenal do? I mean, there's so many different facets um, to your business. So let's let's lay that out for the audience. Yeah. So if you think of our business, there's there's you can split it into two halves. Um, so we started with our fastener business, and uh, and if you go back to the mid 1990s, that was 80 90 percent of what we did. But we but we saw the the opportunity. For, uh, a lot of customers were asking us for for more and more stuff, and solving more and more problems. And with our decentralized operating style, we started selling a lot of products beyond fasteners because we were sourcing it and selling it locally. And, and a lot of our sourcing is done locally as opposed to everything. We're not a monolithic, you know, distribution business. Everything is done corporately. So fasteners today is about a third of our business. Over the last dozen or so years, we've we've gotten back into the vending. That we um, The technology was ready a dozen years ago. And our, our second, um, our, our largest discrete business within Fastenal, about 20% of our revenue goes through a vending machine. A lot of that product is safety centered. So between fasteners and safety, that's about half our business. The other half is, a, is another eight, nine, 10 product lines that kind of ride along on the journey because we're doing this supply chain with safety and with fasteners. And the faster business, a good chunk of that might be OEM fasteners where we're stocking it right to the production floor and the customer's not even really managing the quantities per se. Or it might be we're stocking it to their MRO room, their you know their bin stock program. Amazing, and you know I don't think a lot of the audience or or, or people out there quite realize everything that Fastenal does, and so I think that it's great that we're sharing that story. You also handle so not only do you handle your own supply chain, but you also handle supply chains for other companies. So what were the key issues that you were seeing? What were businesses struggling with that Fastenal thought, hey, we can do it better than that. We can provide you with a much better solution. Well, you know, a lot of times um, it, it's kind of a one-off piece for a lot of our customers, especially the products we started in. And uh, in the case of fasteners, there were a lot of secondary operations. So we slowly took on more and more of those tasks for our customer. And, uh, you know, having a, a supply chain partner who's very knowledgeable in the products and also knowledgeable in the logistics and sourcing of those products, we could bring to the customer a lot of times maybe the resources they, they didn't have with the technical expertise. And, uh, and so in many ways, customers started outsourcing certain elements of their supply chain to us. And we've just stepped deeper and deeper into that. And part of that uh, over the last uh, 30 years, roughly, we've, we've developed an incredible captive trucking fleet. So we move over 90% of our products, not with third parties, but on our own trucking network. And that includes uh, both an over-the-road trucking network as well as about 8,000 local delivery vehicles based out of each of our branch and on-site locations. Wow, that's amazing. What what made you decide to go into your own fleet? I think initially it was a case of uh, when you're selling fasteners and, again, a lot of secondary operations, you, you might source the product from 
and, and we were largely in the Midwest when we started this. So maybe we were sourcing it in Chicago, but the secondary operations included uh, a heat treatment that was in Cleveland, a uh, plating process that was done in Southern Illinois, and the customer was in Minnesota. So that product, which processed steel is relatively low value per pound, was traveling a lot of miles. And we figured out if we could stitch that together on a, on a network that's delivering product to our branches, picking up from suppliers, we could do it a little bit more cost effectively. So it allowed us to bring a great value to the customer. And it was a profitable business model for us. And it allowed us to invest in, in additional things we could do for the customer. Well, and it sounds like quite early on, you realized how important supply chains are. Um, yeah. Not only to your business, but everybody else's business. And recently, we've been hearing that supply chain ha is a competitive advantage to business. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and you know, the last six months, it's become incredibly uh, um, key, especially because of the, the COVID nineteen pandemic. And I mm -hmm. serve on the board of a of a, a hospital, a medical system that's in. Uh, southeastern Minnesota and, and western Wisconsin. And I've heard more about supply chain on that board in the last six months than I did in the last three years. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I mean, at the end of the day, the last six months has really shined a light into what we do in supply chains. I mean, you're hearing it come out of the mouths of politicians, which means that it's a really exciting time to be in supply chain and, and doing what we do. And also the other thing that's really come out of the last couple of months is inventory and warehousing and the increase in e-commerce and consumer demand. And so I want to talk a little bit about that because as e-commerce increases, as we're looking at, you know, more online um, purchases, as we're looking at, you know, warehousing and robotics and inventory and different things like that, housing it, tracking it, you know, um, we're going to talk a lot more about data and analytics in episode four, but can you give us an overview of how Fastenal Solutions have helped simplify and streamline the issue of stock for its customers? Because, you know, I'm going to, I think that for supply chain professionals, it's one of the things that is crucial on their list of things to do. I mean, their list of things to do is a mile long. Um, but obviously getting, um, getting on top of inventory, especially with everything that's happened in the last couple of months, we're, we're almost looking at switching from just in time to just in case. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, so first off, um, from the system and tracking standpoint, some of those those aspects come naturally to us. Because I mentioned earlier, we were started by a mechanical engineer, and uh, if you go back to the the seven the sixties and seventies, you had examples of products that in the faster area that might have had um, questions as to the the quality of the product. And, and so we created the, the means to track products at the control level. So we could, we could take this fastener if it's through hardened product, and we could trace it back through our supply chain to the original raw material it's, it's, that we started with. So we could, we could present that, that chain of custody, if you will, for our customer years ago. And so as we expanded beyond fasteners, uh, having that ability was an incredible advantage, uh, again, we're a service business. We, we, we fund our business by operating a distribution model, 
but uh, but but quality is critical in the products we sell, and so we we can stand behind our products in a different way because we built the means back in the in the seventies and eighties to track products that companies most companies weren't doing until you know a few years ago, and in the faster area of the Faster Quality Act, which came out roughly thirty years ago. Um, that wasn't a big deal for us because we'd been doing that for 15 years. Right, right. And you talk a lot about your decentralized model. You talk a lot about local as well as global because Fastenal has a very strategic um, process and vision to what you're doing. Can you talk a little bit more about the local aspect of Fastenal and then the global aspect of Fastenal yeah. as well? The, the, the local aspect uh, tells me... Uh, or sheds light for me on the fact that we have a, a team that knows their customer really well, um, knows sometimes the anxiety the customer has, um, mm-hmm. is familiar with their operations. So we can make suggestions or we can, we can point out things that uh, because of our expertise that, that, that we can do. It also means we can, we can anticipate really well because we know the customer so well. The global perspective is a case of uh, supply chains for all of our customers, not just the products that, that, that we handle, but other products that they consume. Is a, we live in a global world. And so having the ability to find the, the best partner, the best product, the best solution, um, we have the advantage of we can, bring, we can have that local team who's very intimate with the customer have at their fingertips the resources that come with being a global organization and have a trusted team and a, and a trusted quality control process and in many cases testing labs because again we're testing product all the time and that started with our fasteners but we're operating in unison with our, our our brothers and sisters and our cousins as opposed to I'm sourcing from a trading company or a partner I've never dealt with before and I'm not really sure what I'm getting we, we have a, a fundamental advantage there, which allows us to move faster. And and that, that you know, exempl- was exemplified in the last six months. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think what I was hearing from what you were saying is that you, Fastenal, can pivot a lot quicker. And we've, we've seen that in the last six months, how important it is that you can pivot. And with everybody looking at, you know, various different strategies for their supply chains and and what that looks like. And do we bring some of that locally? Do we keep some of it still on the global market? Um, you also talked about collaboration. Collaboration is huge. I mean, I always talk about this. I think it's the the future of business. And, you know, you, you and your team and Fastenal have done this way earlier than I think anybody has even been talking about it. And so I want to go back to talking about, you know, the local portion, the globalization portion with the with the stock. So because you're local, right, it seems like that's the key, right? Customers can yep. leverage that to reduce time, reduce stockouts, reduce consumption. You can pivot for them quicker. So in a world where everyone seems to be striving for that globalization, do you think it's interesting that actually it's the local partnerships that are like really so vital? And what would you say to supply chain professionals that are looking at their supply chain strategy right now and considering, you know, maybe bringing some some of their product locally um, or keeping it on the global market or maybe having a hybrid of both? Yeah, 
A hybrid is always the best because it gives you incredible flexibility and an appreciation for different pieces. And, th and then you need to assess, you know, where you have risk and where you don't and where you have redundancy and where you don't. Uh, you know, one of the things that our local presence helps is in, in, in a world where so much business is conducted, you know, over the phone or over the Internet, um, when you're really in a jam, the, the comfort that comes to a, one of our customers, knowing that not only do I know my partner really well, I can hop in the in my in my truck and I can drive you know five miles, ten miles, you know five ten minute drive, and I can I can see the product that I need. I can I, I can get a hold of the person. It might be uh, on a Sunday at two two in the afternoon, and I can actually get a hold of my partner. Whereas most other supply chains, you operate in this window and, and if they don't have it or if you can't get through the person you want to talk to on an 800 number or on a website, you're, you're kind of on your own. And, and, and we provide that comfort of knowing you're not on your own because you're with, you're with us. You're part of our team. And, right. and I have a family of 21,000 people that will help support your business. And the product is right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, to have in your arsenal and to and to have in your team and to really expand and and I like that right because we we talked about collaboration and the way you talk about Fastenal and the way you talk about the team and the way you talk about your customers it's all about partnerships it's all about partnering and leveraging what Fastenal can bring to the table but also what your customer can bring to the table and how do we work together to solve those problems which is exactly how you positioned Fastenal at the beginning of this interview, which I love. So obviously over the last six months, it's been crazy. We've been hearing a lot about PPE and I want to do a little bit of a focus on that because during the early days of the pandemic, um, you sourced PPE and you really helped to keep customers up and running, which is huge at the moment, right? I mean, companies having yep. um, employees come into the, the facilities um, are really risking a lot if somebody does end up getting sick. So do you think it was that local where we are, where you are approach that kind of helped you do that? How did you... How did you jump on this bandwidth bandwagon so early on? And what was what was it that you saw that or your customers were asking you um, that you you knew that you needed to jump in and provide? Yeah. So um, we operate in 25 countries. Uh, one of those countries we operate, uh, we have a number of countries we operate in Asia. One of those is China. And the leader of our team in Shanghai, he's he's a Minnesota kid. And, uh, and I've known him for 25 years. And so we were having conversations um, back in December and January when this thing was bubbling up. And, you know, there's, there's so much information and misinformation in the world today. And, uh, and, but if I'm talking to somebody I've known for 25 years and saying, hey, wh wh what are you seeing on this? What's happening on the street? And, you know, and, and what do you need? And so we were actually sending them some product from North America back in, in January of, of allowing them to have um, product to, uh, to serve the needs of their customer, or excuse me, to serve the needs of our employees. And we were hearing all these, uh, these, these pieces about, hey, here's what, here's what the, the government's doing. Here's what people are doing. Here's how we're getting by our day. 
and we and we knew it was it was going to travel beyond the the borders of of China. It it it, it uh, and so in February um, when uh, when we're hearing this stuff, we're we're actually vetting suppliers because we do a lot of safety business, as I mentioned earlier. But some of these products we don't do that much in, and so we had our our local teams going out meeting with suppliers, seeing the facility, getting samples of products, and we started ramping up sourcing. Um, the other thing that we did in late January is we started seeing a few runs on the bank. And what I mean by that is we saw some folks reaching out to us and buying product, and we quickly um, identified a, a subset of products that were very, um, you know, in, in hindsight, COVID-central products or, or COVID-sensitive products. And we locked it down and we said to our employees throughout the organization, this inventory is for our customers, not one-off people calling up and asking for, you know, 20 pallets of masks or something like that. This is for right. our regular customers because that's our, that's our covenant with them. And, uh, and then in late February, I, I, I was traveling in the Seattle market. And this is when Seattle was kind of going, you know, you had the, the rest home, which uh, incredible tragedy of the, of the COVID spreading through the rest home. And I started talking to our, empl- our employees, the branches I would, I would go to, and I would, say, I would say, hey, why don't you lock the front door of your branch? And they looked at me and said, we can't do that. And I said, I said, I said wait a minute. Um, we have customers that come here every day. And, and, our, and our customers, we're, we're not a retail front. We're a, we're a distribution business, so our, cust- our business is B2B. Over 80% of our revenue actually goes out the back door, and it goes into one of our vehicles, and we deliver it into the customer's facility. It might be going into a vending machine. It might be going into a bin stock. It might be going to their production floor. It might be just going to the receiving counter. But we're going into our, bus- our customer's business every day. Most of the customers that walk in the front door are businesses that buy from us on a regular basis. They're stopping in to pick up something. And we just said, hey, put a sign up right. on your door, call this number, and we'll bring it to you. Because I said, our customers rely on us, and I don't want to bring something into their business because they're allowing us to come in, and, and, and our branch is an extension of their business. And so, so true. So in late February, we did that in Seattle, and, and as it spread more and more beyond that, in uh, around the middle of March, we sent out a message to... I think it went out to 400,000 customers that said, we're locking the front door of our branch, but we're open for business. Call ahead, right. order online. We'll have it ready for you. We started deploying, you know, we do, we have a hundred thousand vending machines. So we started deploying vending machines out to a handful of our locations that had a little bit more traffic. And we put them outside the front door. And we said, if you call ahead of time, we'll put it in the locker and you can just pick it up. So we have about 500 locations of our 2000 today that have outdoor lockers. And uh, but it was really a case of react really quickly to create a social distance Mm -hmm. and to make sure our customer is comfortable to having us still come into their business. Because if 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 we're the weak link of the covid chain, if you will, um, they're not going to let us in. So let's protect our customers and our employees. And in mid-March, we completely shut down and we also had locked down our products. But we had, we had started ramping up sourcing COVID-centered products that we learned about from our team in China who was dealing with it as part of the, the human population in that culture. 
I love that story. And I'm really glad that you shared that with us because, you know, I think all of us have um, had a different journey through what's been going on in the last six months. And, you know, from everything that we've spoken about today, it, from collaboration to being local, but also having a global team, um, you know, talking about how your own, you're, you are your own customer, you are your own supply chain. It just goes to show what you were able to do with the processes and the strategies that you have already set up prior to the pandemic and what it actually meant to your, not only your business, but your customer's business as well, which I think is just amazing. And I'm really glad that you shared that story with us today. So I want to just ask you, you know, if I'm in the audience and I'm listening to this interview and, I, and, and listening to this conversation, who, who is it that you work with? Who am I to pick up the phone and give Fastenal a call? Uh, you know, um, historically, you were an industrial customer. Maybe you were a contractor. Um, in recent years, as we expanded more and more beyond purely a, being a Fastener distributor, I mean, our name is Fastenal, and it, 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 it comes from that product line. The uh, the, the audience, the, the variety of customers we've had is dramatically expanded. Um, uh, uh, I think it was a, couple, uh, a year and a half ago, I was on a trip down in the, in the Southeast. I was in the Florida market. And uh, the regional vice president I was traveling with, he said, hey, do you want, when, you, when you come down, you want to visit a couple schools? And I'm like, okay. And we have, so most of our business goes through our branch network. It's, say, 70% of our revenue. About 30% of our revenue is a rapidly expanding business called OnSite. So five years ago, we had a couple hundred OnSites. Um, we ended up last year, I think, with between 12 and 1,300 OnSites. And we're, our goal is to sign about 100 new ones every quarter. And that's where we set up shop, if you will, inside a customer's facility. And he had a number of um, facilities in Florida where we were in K-12 school districts. So... In Florida, a lot of school districts are organized county by county. So you might have a school district that has 70,000, 80,000 kids in a handful of buildings across the county. I mean, that's that's a large operation. And so we actually set put FAST employees embedded in their facility, and we operate their tool crib for them. And so in the, in the last six months, um, well, in the last 12 months, I, I cited the number yesterday on our earnings call. We've expanded our government business quite dramatically in this pandemic, and we've added somewhere in the neighborhood of 40% more on-site locations within government entities, um, healthcare, wow. uh, colleges and universities, K-12 school districts, other, you know, might be a, a metro transit authority, organizations like that where we're embedded in there managing their supply chain. And that's a business I wouldn't even thought of for Fastenal five years ago. But it's about who has Absolutely. a need for a better supply chain. And, and because our product mix has expanded so much, it really applies to, to anybody, large and small, because of our footprint. And in the, in the ideal customer for us is somebody who's, earlier I described our employee, is we ask them to be willing to learn and change. Change is hard for most human beings. And... Uh, you know, the, the customer that's willing to, to, to look at some of the ideas we bring to the table 
and and maybe change the way they've been doing something for, for the last 10 or 20 years is an ideal customer because we can figure out something together that, that improves their business and we can do efficiently and it's a win for us too. And when you have a win-win, you can always find success together. Absolutely. I love that. I love that you talk about collaboration all the time. So I have really enjoyed this conversation. I don't really want it to end, but we we have come to the end of the interview. And one of the questions that I want to ask you is, what do you think the future is going to hold for supply chain over the next few, few years? And how do you think Fastenal will continue to innovate and evolve along with it? Yeah. You know, I, I think... Uh, Oftentimes, when we're having conversations with a customer and we're talking about supply chain and we're talking about TCO, which is a total cost of ownership and really assessing, it's not just what you pay for the products, it's all the energy around the products and, and how efficiently you do it and how much inventory you have, how much waste you have. Sometimes that's, uh, that's a conversation that you have to spend a lot of energy to get to that point. I think now that that's a much earlier in the process and it's really about... Um, seeing that it's a need of my business and, and, and who's the best partner for that need. Um, I, I think it will, it will allow us to find greater success in the marketplace, but it will also allow us to bring greater value to the marketplace. I think technology will extend and accelerate that. The things we can do today with bringing visibility to supply chain to our customer saying, this item you're waiting for, not only can we tell you when we think it's going to be here, we can tell you right now exactly where it is and we can illuminate that for you. And part of part of calming the soul of, of angst in, in a business is is visibility. And and mm-hmm. some people talk about the you know, use the word transparency almost it's almost overused. It, it's really a case about, hey, let's not have secrets. Let's let's illuminate what we can illuminate and and bring comfort to you on the things that you shouldn't be worrying about so you can quite frankly, worry about the things that you should be uh, because you're, you're unfettering some of your mind. A little bit. And, uh, and, and I think the technology Absolutely. allows us to really do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, like I said earlier in the show or the episode, you know, I think it's an exciting time to be in supply chain and it's ex- an exciting time to be able to collaborate and partner and take a look at the different options and who you can work with and what that looks like. So as an expert consultant, a logistics company, a technology provider, and a distributor of industrial and construction products, Fastenal is many things to many different customers. With approximately 3,200 in-market locations supported by a global distribution network and expert teams, Fastenal works with commitment and passion towards its common goal of growth through customer service. For more information, about Fastenal, check out their website at Fastenal, F-A-S-T-E-N-A-L.com. Thank you, Dan, for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Sarah. I enjoyed the conversation. It was so great to learn more about a company that's been a key part of the industry for over 50 years, and I cannot wait to find out more in this series. Don't forget to join us again next week for episode two of our Not Just Nuts and Bolts mini-series in partnership with Fastenal, where we'll be talking to Chris, VP of Fastenal's on-site solutions about problem solving and COVID-19.